We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. My name is Steven, and I'm your host, as always. And joining me is uh, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good as well. We are uh, one month away from the wedding of Tyler. And oh, yeah. So, uh, one month countdown begins, man. How are you feeling about all of that coming coming down the road? You know, there's so much going on. If it's not the wedding, it's the masters. If it's not the masters, it's the new job. If it's not the new job, it's the podcast. So, like, yeah, you know, we're working through all of it. We've got most of it taken care of, but there's so much other, so many other things going on. It's like hard to keep track, but I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got married during the school year when we were in college, so it was it was it was pretty crazy to do uh, finals and then get married. So I I, I can relate. Um, so. We uh, got a fun show planned for you guys tonight. Obviously, the Chargers wrapping up mini camp yesterday. Um, basically, from here on out, it's full steam ahead to training camp, which apparently starts July 25th, according to uh, Mr. Justin Herbert yesterday. So, a uh, ton to get into tonight. Um, basically, we'll, we'll have some takeaways. We'll have some health updates, things like that. Um, have some player stock watch after some of that. Obviously, it's tough with without pads and things like that happening to really get a feel for everybody. But there's definitely some players who have stood out who have not made enough buzz at this point, theoretically. So um, we'll dive into all of that. So um, Tyler was joined by JMO, Jamison Omar today uh, to do a health update as well. So make sure and go check that out on the channel as well. So um, Tyler, before we get started, I guess, <clears throat> or as we get started, I should say, uh, let's, let's start with some health updates. First and foremost, we talked a little bit about JC Jackson last week, getting back to practice. Um, and he officially gave a timeline on Tuesday for what the, the team and the fans can expect from him. Um, he has a checkup with his doctor who performed the surgery next week. Uh, and he said that if all goes well, he should be ready for training camp, which is crazy because that's about six weeks away. Uh, so your thoughts here as we get closer towards JC Jackson's return. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Although, I don't know, it seems so odd to have the one thing to clear him, and then it's so far away. There's just so much that has to happen that I, even if he is cleared for training camp, I guess maybe there's levels to it, right? Maybe it's not like you're clear, but also a complete full go. 
I'm I'm really curious to to hear what this ends up being because, again, we've said it so many times. Did not expect this. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed at all that I'd be seeing J.C. Jackson in training camp, um, let alone week one, let alone the preseason or whatever. Yet he could be out there first day, which is incredible. So I don't know. I I'm, I mean, it's been like the same thing. I'm excited. I hope everything's great. I hope it all checks out. I hope there's no new thing that's growing somewhere it has to be removed <laughs> um, so in august um so hopefully it's just a good old checkup and all positive yeah hopefully so um i was a little surprised when he laid out the timeline uh again that's according to daniel popper um he said that jackson told that told reporters that the doctors gave him a seven to eight month recovery timeline after he went surgery underwent surgery i should say Mm-hmm. Um, in late October. Um, so he, he got injured on October 23rd, eight months from October 23rd is June 23rd. So that's, that's next week. Um, so we'll see if that timeline ultimately does come to fruition, but if that's the timeline, then he, he should be ready to rock for training camp, which is, is crazy. I thought that initially when he suffered that injury, that would be looking at, you know, 10 to 12 months. And so to hear that he, it was a seven to eight month injury recovery, is uh, fantastic news, and that means that we could be looking at, at him ready to rock at training camp on day one. Modern medicine, I guess, right? And I'm <laughs> sure just like the ACLs, that was not the case several years ago, and now it's, oh, look, you know, seven, eight months, no problem. Just this you know, catastrophic, potentially career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. See you in seven, eight months. Uh, can't say the same for Otito, obviously. Yeah, so that's that's the other injury stuff that we'll have to get into. Um, so far, so good for JC Jackson. Um, I, I was surprised that people were surprised that Mike Williams was practicing, um, looking good, uh, said that he was, Can we do this. Yes. Said yesterday that he was cleared basically two weeks after the season was over, um, <laughs> which would have meant that he would have missed the divisional round too, for what it's worth. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Mike Williams is, is ready to rock. He's been healthy for the last few months and, and he looked great. <laughs> um, in terms cool. of the doctors who are, are, you know, other charges who are injured, um austin johnson did not practice this week um you know he was not at minicamp when the reporters were out there um and then otito agonia was out there um working off to the side along with jalen guyton so the two of them uh were making some progress i guess if you want to say it that way um austin johnson was not visible so um you know we'll have to wait and see really about those three um you know definitely some roster ramifications if the three of them are not healthy but we can certainly get to that uh later on yeah so josh palmer as eddie's asking is still undisclosed there's no official yeah so um daniel Popper said that he was he was at practice he was working off to the side um brandon Sadie was asked about it and basically said that it's not a serious thing that mm-hmm. he should for training camp but he has not practiced basically all spring um and hasn't mm-hmm. practiced this summer so um i guess we'll have to wait and see there but brandon Staley seemed to indicate that that was not a serious thing oh, okay it, it, you know we're doing stock up stock down today a little bit i don't really think that it's anything for him i think he's wide receiver four and if he's healthy he's wide receiver four if he has to miss a few weeks he's still wide receiver four but you know we'd like to see him out there he, he just suffered so many injuries last season two concussions one yeah. knee, one ankle, you know, something like that. So hopefully it's not a continuing thing with him. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, there were some other minor things too. Um, rookie safety Tyler Baker Williams was not practicing this week. And mm-hmm. uh, linebacker Tyreek Maddox, Maddox Williams was not practicing either. So other than that, it seems like everybody is healthy. And, and again, Brandon Staley reiterated that, you know, he expects anybody who was kind of not who did not suffer a season ending injury to be at training camp. And I assume that Tyler Baker Williams and Tyreek Maddox Williams fall into that category. Yeah. And then we have Dean Leonard was sick, right? Yes. Yes. Dean Leonard was sick. Um, in other health news, uh, we were waiting kind of several months, but the Chargers finally have a head athletic trainer. Um, mm-hmm. That is Salvador Lopez, who used to work with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Brandon Staley said that he has an awesome background in rehab and physical therapy, which is kind of what made him stood stand out as a candidate candidate throughout the process. Mm. So he's the head athletic trainer. 
And then the Chargers promoted Marco Zucconi to director of player health and performance. Um, he was an associate athletic trainer for the team previously. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was Eric Smith or Daniel Popper saying that he was going to be focusing in on kind of the rehabilitation diet, strength and conditioning for injured players. Uh, and JC Jackson actually credited him with a lot of the, the plan and execution mm. of the plan for his recovery. So um, the Chargers have a new athletic uh, head athletic trainer. And then uh, Marco Zucconi is a new director of player performance. I'm assuming there's someone who does this, but I didn't hear anything about injury prevention in there. Um, hopefully, hopefully there's somebody in there to help prevent that <laughs> or they just take out the turf. Yeah, I mean, that would help. But, you know, really, there's there's a big umbrella of injury prevention and recovery um, starts, obviously, with a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and then there's a director of, of sports performance. Then now Marco Zucconi player performance and the head athletic trainer, uh, Salvador Lopez. So, um, you know, Brandon Staley said that they've invested a lot in sports performance in that field. And they have, you know, they've certainly mixed things up over the last three years. And he said that they are going to continue to invest in that. Awesome. And I know one of them is from Cal State Fullerton's kinesiology department. So, you know, tighten up. <laughs> yeah. Salvador Lopez is a, a Fresno native, went to Fresno State up here. So, oh, wow. Uh, Central Valley representing too, I guess. <laughs> nice. Yep. Okay. So that that's it for um, health updates. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, we've talked a lot about Kellen Moore's offense, but. Um, you know, this is something that Daniel Popper has been on that um, Justin Herbert is taking a significant amount more chances in practice. He's being much more aggressive. Every highlight we've seen is uh, of practice is, you know, a 15, 20 yard pass, even to guys like Pokey Williams, who I'm sure we'll talk about later on. So um, I want to frame this as kind of a buy or sell thing, because like we've talked about in the past, you know, like it's. <laughs> okay. It's not uncommon that we see these changes and we hear hype and things like that. And, you know, Corey Lindsley and Sebastian Joseph day talking about this is night and day. Like mm-hmm. there's much more emphasis on the run game. There's more emphasis on being, you know, an explosive pass game. Uh, Keenan saying they're going to go deep and Mike Williams saying, I want to go deep more and all this stuff. Like everything is, is kind of coming together is OTAs. There's no pads. Uh, what are you buying and what are you selling in terms of the Kellen Moore aggressive offense? I buy it because it really does fit the guys that they have too. It, it's not like they have three Chris Olaves out there. Well, granted, you can work with him deep, but the way they've been doing it in OTAs and practice, a lot of sideline jump ball, contested, you know, corner post, whatever sort of stuff. So um, I, I buy it with the personal that they have. And I think that just looking at Kellen Moore's history with someone like Dak Prescott, you know, it was, it was not even just like there was one year. There is like an outlier year, right? His, his rookie year, sorry, his first year with Dak Prescott, the ADOT was 9.8. But otherwise, it's always been consistently 8.5, 8.6, 8.4, 8.7. You know, so it would make sense that wh- why not continue with that? I mean, it worked for the Cowboys. It worked for Dak Prescott. And they never had a true burner on that team either. I mean, they finally got Cooks and then Kellen Moore leaves. So with the personal that the Chargers have with Justin Herbert, with Kellen Moore's history with Dak Prescott, yeah, it makes sense. And you should do that. Like they have Mike Williams. They have Donald Parham, who obviously it's very difficult to cover working down the field like that. Um, Keenan Allen's great down the field. They drafted a speedster. We'll see what kind of role he actually has. Guy is a speedster, obviously. Um, Pokey Wilson, if he makes the roster, he's better working down the field vertically. So it, it fits the arm. It fits the the scheme fits everything so yeah i I buy it like yes there will be some short game stuff of course it'd be hilarious if the first play that we see of them is stick but i do feel like overall looking over several games you know maybe the first game with the dolphins maybe it depends um who they're playing so let's give it a few weeks before we look at a dot and you know turnover worthy play rate etc but um it looks like they're taking more chances and i think that's completely fine justin herbert's a very smart quarterback he knows how to take care of the football, so let him take those chances. Um, I think last year, you know, they were talking about letting Justin Herbert, and then he that Justin Herbert was going to work on making mistakes or um, like just let him make mistakes, let him take some chances. But then, like, we really didn't see that. I was there enough at training camp where I was like, short, 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 and then like mm-hmm. yeah, Carter for one big bomb or something. And I, I, maybe that is kind of football, right? You're not always going to get these 
you know, vertical throws, but it really feels like this time around they're letting, you know, Herbert try these things out. And I think it also benefits the defense too, right? The defense is also getting an opportunity to make plays on these. So the first day it was, okay, Herbert's going to try these things. The second day, the defense rebounded. So Derwin James, Jaw Taylor, Santos Samuel Jr., et cetera, like these guys also got to learn how to, you know, defend these passes as well. So a uh, long way of saying I buy it. Yeah, I buy it as well. I think, like you mentioned at first, you know, the personnel is just completely different with this team. And I think going back and watching 2021 tape, and then watching 2022 tape is it's it's scary how different the offense is and a lot of that is due to injuries right um you know when you lose Jalen Guyton in week three when Keenan and Mike are in and out of the lineup and Josh Palmer is injured and Justin Herbert himself is injured everything kind of compounds and makes it everything that much worse and so you go back and watch you, the 2021 offense, and there's a good amount of vertical shots. There's a good amount of creativity in terms of touches for Keenan and, and Austin Eckler. And there was just none of that last year. So, um, you know, as long as Kelmore gets back to the creative things that worked for the Chargers and then is able to kind of use his personnel, you know, to the to a better advantage, I think this should definitely lead to a higher dot for mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, which is what everybody has been wanting to see. Um, I, I would expect at this point that he's he's definitely above eight if everybody stays relatively healthy this year in terms of his ADOT. It hasn't been that high across the season in his career so far. Um, so I, I think this starts with the personnel. I think it starts with Kellen Moore just having that mentality to to take advantage of who he has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Justin Herbert is going to make that play. So I really liked the, what Brandon Staley was talking about yesterday when it came to kind of balancing Justin Herbert's, you know, risk averse nature versus, you know, being aggressive. Um, And what Brandon Steady said yesterday, quote, I think that's what makes him such a special quarterback. And that's what gives you a chance to be successful. He's one of the rare guys, rare guys that can be aggressive down the field, but is also such a point guard and understands the rush and the timing of the play, the situation. But I think with our weapons, Justin is able to put the ball where very few people can. And that gives us, especially with the way that we are constructed on the outside, it just gives our guys more chances to be explosive. So, mm-hmm. you know, like last year, how there was just kind of a combination of everything led to a less explosive offense. I think this year, all the combination, like the recipe is right for this offense to be much more explosive in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Herbert has has done, not that he's had many years with it, but done whatever the offensive coordinator sort of asked. And he'll obviously add a little bit more um, players have said that he should kind of take over and ad lib a bit more, um, take over the offense. But if this is what Kellen Moore wants, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of it. And I can't think of the last time or several times that Herbert let the ball go deep and it wasn't a smart decision. You know, like not that it's always easy uh, or, or obvious. To, you, you throw one of those footballs, it's less likely to be completed. But it always feels like with him, was it one, maybe every other game that was questionable? Um, otherwise, I think most of his interceptions last year, the last two years maybe were like off someone's hands, right, on a slant or a stick or something. So let yeah. him do it. He's a smart guy. Yeah, I think that's the important thing is that the offense is not going to drastically change, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of like, you know, Justin Herbert's not going to come out here and, and just be throwing nothing but bombs all day long because that's mm-hmm. just not who he is. Like he's not going to put the ball in harm's way. And there's some give and take with that, right? Like his turnover turnover worthy percentage is always going to be low. Um, but you know, there's just kind of a gray area there that where he does need to be a tad more aggressive. And I think we'll see that this year with everything. So mm-hmm. anybody who's expecting like a 10, eight odd and like, you know, 60 explosive passes on the season, I think is going to be a tad disappointed, yeah. but they're going to be more explosive. Justin Herbert's going to push the ball downfield more often. Mm-hmm. The, the pieces are just, it, it's too right for that kind of recipe to, to be more explosive on offense. Do you feel like they have a guy of their starting trio who can actually hit that 60 yard deep bomb right now? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I mean you have to kind of scheme it up for Mike. Um, you know, right. we've seen them do it in the past, but if you're just talking about like drop back, go run a post route, go run a go ball and just bomb it deep, I think that is Quentin Johnson. I think that is something he can do. Um TBD on Jalen Guyton, but he's we've seen him do that. Mm-hmm. as well um so i i think they have enough and i think they have a creative enough play caller where they could yeah go and do that yeah 
It, it definitely feels like a more of a, a manufactured thing than just a simple go run that way sort of thing. Like it was not that simple in 2020, but you had two guys who could do it. Yeah. Um, Nate Tice always talks about the the Bengals offense, how they just basically run 989, which is two go balls and then a post. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think the Chargers are at that point, like that kind of athleticism, um, you know, because Tyler Boyd is, is Tyler Boyd's like a 4-4 guy, and that's just not who Keenan is. Um, you know, and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both, you know, 4-4, low 4-5 guys. So athletically, they're different. But I think you can have some of that, right? You can have some of that athletic, you know, profile. And, you know, Quentin Johnston hit 22 miles per hour on GPS tracking. So it's, it, he's not like a burner, but he's also 6-2 and a half. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a little bit different. But I do expect them to be a lot more vertical this season. Ooh, what? Scott Childs brings up North Turner and Philip Rivers. What was Philip Rivers eight out with North Turner? I'm does, just gonna Google it while people talk. Does PFF go back that far? Yeah, I'm about to find out. Because North Turner's last year was 2012, 2011. That'd have been right. 2012 before McCoy. Yeah, yeah, it should. 2012. North Turner. I know PFF goes back to 2013. Uh, it goes further than that. Okay, double checking. Norv Turner done in 2012. Okay, you so could I get... look at pro. I don't think Pro Football Reference has a dot though. I think that's a PFF thing. Okay, so Norv was in 2007 to 2012. So Rivers did hit 10.3 in 2009, uh, 8.9, 9.6, and then 7.8 in 2012. That's that's all ADOT? Yeah. So yeah, his I mean, highest was, ever was with... Because there was a year where it was like Vincent Jackson and Malcolm Floyd and Antonio Gates, and it was just like, we're just chucking it deep. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun, man. I don't blame was, you. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So I, long story short here, we both think that you can buy the, the Chargers offense being more aggressive in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um. The other bit of news that we definitely have to talk about is the Austin Eckler situation. Um, obviously, we've talked about the contract aspect of it being resolved, but this is the first time that he was at practice with the Chargers reporting for mandatory minicamp. Um, you know, he participated in full, which we did not see a ton of around the league with like Stefan Diggs and Chris Jones. Like there's mm. a lot of guys who are in kind of contract disputes who did not practice this week. Austin Eckler did practice. Brandon Staley said on the Rich Eisen show uh, yesterday that Austin came in and just lit it up that he was like one of the best players on the field. And and there's there's no there appears to be no hard feelings on either side, mm-hmm. which I think is different than really any kind of holdout that we're used to. Um, Austin definitely expressed frustration and just the lack of movement in the running back market but uh what did you make of austin eckler's comments yesterday it makes sense we we've been talking about it austin eckler had every right to do what he did and the chargers had every right to do what they did and there's sort of a meet in the middle um the chargers won out overall but it's not like it's the chargers fault that the running back market is so bad it's just a it's a league-wide thing and until that changes until there's some shift it's just it's going to be bad it'll be bad next year when he goes and it's anybody but the chargers he signs with um, it's just going to be bad. So there's really nothing you could really do there. He wanted to retire a charger. It's not going to happen. Rarely does that happen an entire career with one team. Um, a long one that is. Um, and the chargers wanted to keep him. And so things got worked out. All's good. Let's move on. And I say that to everyone who asked about that contract <laughs> again. Yeah. I, the, the discourse around Austin Eckler is, is really, almost kind of toxic at this point. Mm. Um, yeah, I think he's been very transparent throughout the whole process. I think the charges have been very transparent throughout the whole process. There was never any animosity to either side. You know, this was not Austin Eckler trying to be a distraction. This was not him trying to create a divide in the locker room. And even Derwin James was asked about, you know, the Chargers not picking up Kenneth Murray's fifth year option. And he was like, we're, we're trying to set the culture where we're going to leave whatever is outside of the field, outside of the field. And mm. when guys come here, it's just all about ball. And I loved his comment about that. And that's that's how it felt about the Austin Eckler situation too. You know, this is not about him trying to um, 
create any kind of divide in the locker room. This is just about him trying to find proper value for himself. You know, he's been, yeah. you know, easily the, you know, most valuable running back in the league over the last couple of seasons in terms of his contract, biggest bargain contract for sure. And, you know, he's been one of the most productive players in the league. So um, I fully understand. And we've said this before, why Austin Eckler went about his business this way. You know, they had extension talks. Chargers just frankly cannot make that work. <laughs> um, so if you're Austin Eckler, why not go see what the rest of the market has for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that, you know, Daniel Popper used the phrasing like disappointed, but at peace in terms of Austin Eckler's viewpoint. And I think that's, that's how it felt to me. You know, there were some quotes that were tweeted out there that people kind of ran with and like his quote that, uh he had an obligation to the charges like well yeah he's under contract like <laughs> that's literally what that means so mm-hmm. um i thought that this course on social media yesterday about austin eckler was again toxic i think this is this should have been put to bed after he signed the the amended contract with the additional incentives but you know he's fully committed to the team and he's he's ready to rock again and i think that uh attitude that he has is just so refreshing you know coming off of this kind of dispute it would have been very easy for him to say hey you know what like i'm just gonna kind of take it easy Mm -hmm. head into the season and then you know handle my business at that point but you know he's coming in and he's being a leader of that running back room he's being a leader on the team again everybody spoke very glowingly of him yesterday and i think this is just you know everything's behind him in terms of the contract dispute yeah, behind him, I should be behind the fans. I hope he goes out there and does excellent. I don't think anyone should be rooting for him to do poorly. There's nobody behind him that can do what he can do. Yeah. Um, so hopefully everybody's rooting for him. I get that it wasn't, you know, of course you want him to say, I'm going to just take $0, be a charger forever. I love this team and I'll do it for free. Uh, it doesn't work like that, though. So it's over. We're past it. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly ready to move past this whole Austin Eckler contract thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, Richard, appreciate the uh, super chat here. He says, do you think the Chiefs sign Eckler to spite us? I don't think the Chiefs really want to ever sign an expensive running back. So I, I think they're very content with the whole seventh round cheap veteran kind of thing. And I think that's working out just fine for them. Yeah, they, they did the whole first rounder big investment thing didn't work. So they're, what is it, probably $2 million to Jarrett McKinnon and a seventh rounder in Pacheco. Yeah. Did just find the Super Bowl. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely. All right. So um, let's do some uh, stock watch here to round out the show tonight. Um, again, we'll have a lot of content coming in the next six weeks to preview training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is obviously kind of just a, a nice little warm up for training camp. Um, Tyler, who do you think is the biggest stock up from minicamp? Uh, maybe we can get include OTAs in general here. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's tempting to say Pokey Wilson, but I will actually go with Alohi Gilman because officially at this point with what they're saying and what they haven't done, which is sign another safety, his stock's up. He mm-hmm. is for the first time in his career unless things change and it definitely still could he's the starter opposite derwin james and again you see him you know with some of the highlights not that we see the entire practice but you see him covering you know receivers over the middle um, breaking up passes just doing what he did last year in camp which is just be really really solid and derwin james said he has a lot of confidence in gilman as his safety partner he's a guy that's consistent 
Everyone here counts on him. Everyone knows that he's going to be where he needs to be. He's getting better. He's making calls. He's confident. It's exciting being out there. Um, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of energy out here, honestly. So they believe in him, and he's earned the right to be believed in, and he's showed that he's someone who can be in the right spots. Again, is he an A-tier safety? No, but like, boy, the Chargers could have just used consistent B-plus, B-quality you know, kind of play out there, which seems mean, but like not everyone's a superstar. Some guys can just be solid. And Alohi Gilman seems like he's solid. He was solid last year. And it, it is really cool that he's going into the season having earned the right to be the safety too. He wouldn't go away last year. They have always tried to find someone to start over him. He kept hanging around. He was a special teamer. Now he's a starting safety for the Chargers. That's really, really cool. And then he's going to go to like the Patriots or something. And I'm just going to really hate it. <laughs> They're just going to do that whole thing again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really funny to me that like the, the saving grace of the 2020 class outside of Justin Herbert is, is going to be the six rounder from Notre Dame that like I, I, I did, I graded 250 prospects that year and I didn't even know who Lohi <laughs> Gillen was. I was like, who? <laughs> so it, you know, he deserves it though. He's, he's gotten better each and every single year. Um, you know, he, he's had a couple really, really solid plays uh, again, just looking at the highlights that the chargers post each, each mm -hmm. day on their YouTube channel, some good breaks on the ball, you know, good anticipation, still skills, you know, helping over the top. I think he's going to be a solid player playmaker for this team. Um, obviously we would love some safety depth behind him, but that's another topic. I agree. I think that's a good choice. Um, Stock up for me. I'm going with another secondary player, and that's uh, Jasir Taylor. You know, somebody that mm -hmm. I've talked about a lot this uh, this off season, but um, he's been the starting nickel corner basically throughout the entire uh, springtime, and he's been making plays every single week. It feels like, um, which is is not super uncommon for him. I mean, he made a lot of plays in training camp last year as well. Um, you know, Daniel Popper kind of outlined the the rotation is basically. Jasir will start in the slot with the starting defense. Asante is outside. And then when it comes in with the second team, those two will switch essentially. So Asante is kind of like the backup slot. Jasir is kind of a backup outside corner. So they're, hmm. they're being cross-trained. Like that's what Brandon Staley wants to do. But, you know, everybody's kind of just penciling in Asante Samuel Jr. as the starting nickel corner when JC comes back. I think Jasir Taylor is going to give him a run for his money. I really do. I think this team really, really likes Jasir. Um, they'll find a role for both of them, but this is, I think this is going to be a four man rotation at corner if everybody's healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because they really like Jasir Taylor and he's earning it. Yeah. Uh, another player who we haven't seen as much of him as Alohi Gilman last year, but boy, like in camp last year, I, I couldn't believe it. The instincts to be completely honest, just watching him because you don't expect that really for the, the sixth rounder who. I don't want to say he was bad in college, but like he wasn't, he was a boundary guy and, and he wasn't like, I thought he was a good special teams guy, you know, yeah. good athlete, good tackler, good, like tackling instincts downhill. But I didn't see all this coverage stuff in there to be completely honest. But of course that's why I'm sitting here and I'm talking to a microphone and others are making millions of dollars to scout, scout these guys. Um, so for him to have continued with that, earn their trust. I don't remember the last time the Chargers had a sixth round. Well, okay. Jamari Sawyer, but that was kind of forced. Yeah, but I don't remember the last time the Chargers had a rookie with basically no expectations outside of special teams roll his way all the way into a starting spot and and, and knock out someone like Asante Samuel Jr. like this. I can't remember the last time that really happened. Again, Jamari feels like it was kind of forced, and again, the other competition was Storm Norton. Like Storm Norton's not Asante Samuel Jr. Right? The, the competition, right? The idea that Jaw Taylor would beat out Asante Samuel Jr. for a spot is wild to me. But I get it. It's so weird because Asante Samuel Jr. is so good, but the role in that specific spot is so different and probably more uniquely suited for someone like Jaw Taylor. So stock up for him, and I, I hope he crushes it. It's you know there will be moments. He is he was a sixth rounder. He hasn't seen a lot yeah. of NFL, NFL football, um, but he's crushed it so far. So good for him. Yeah, I in terms of that rookie situation i my first thought was maybe sam tevy and joe barksdale but joe barksdale obviously not the same kind of player mm. as asante samuel jr has been um that's not a bad call though that's a really good pull because <laughs> i was an in-season switcheroo yeah and they paid they paid barksdale i believe and then yep. they like headed into next season with barksdale was on the roster still right in 20 
18. I can't. Okay, I could be wrong. I feel like they cut him mid season, barked him mid season. And then there was a point where something about mental health came up. Mm. I could be completely wrong. He's talked about that. I don't remember if it was if it was public or not, though, at that time. But I believe they cut yeah. Joe Barksdale and he went to the Cardinals. Someone fact check me on that one. Because <laughs> I definitely I definitely remember they kind of benched Barksdale in 2017. But I thought I remembered him still being on the roster heading into 2018. <laughs> Richard's comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair. Fair. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah, Jasir Taylor, I think, is is a good call. I think he's he's gonna, you know, be somebody that makes a lot more noise than uh people remember. Okay, so Hori says Barksdale left to the cards. Okay. Unbelievable pull. Well there done. We Look Thank at us. You. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, Stockdown. I'm curious to get your thoughts here, but I, I know he's been injured, but I think Stockdown almost has to be Josh Palmer because okay. I think we kind of viewed the wide receiver three situation as like a, a potentially a full on 50 50 split. And yes, he's mm. been injured, and, and you never like NFL teams will never say like he's going to lose a job because he was injured. It's that he hasn't practiced and Quentin Johnston has exceeding yeah. expectations already at this point. So I think like Josh Palmer could come into training camp and this could certainly change things. And this is not really a fault of his own. So I, we can't really say stock up for Quentin Johnston because he's a first round pick. We kind of, you know, expect him to get a lot of burn, but like Josh Palmer, I think this might end up being a full on like three and four, as opposed to like three, a three B that we may maybe envisioning and again not really his fault he's been injured quentin johnson is just kind of blowing things out of the water right now yeah okay in that regard then i I would agree because we did talk about josh palmer probably starts as the 3a for just a bit you know and then concedes it naturally just like everybody kind of has to um to quentin johnson but yeah so to your point the fact that he hasn't been out there and that there's no competition now okay yeah I, i could say i would agree with stockdown for that it doesn't really change his stock of what I would have expected by like week two or week even week one potentially. Sure. But as it is right now, yeah, he, he's gone from, you know, showing that maybe he could still compete for those spots. And there are things that like contested catch rate, for example, I think he was like top 15 in the NFL, a little bit behind Mike Williams last season. So something like that is not really something that Quentin Johnson's known for. Um, and he could still do that. Absolutely. But yeah, in terms of going from fighting for a, potential snaps to just being a four yeah stock down all right who who's a potential stock down candidate for you yeah i, I could think of a couple i i don't know if this it's just like kicking a you know dead horse or beating a dead horse or whatever i'll start with him jt woods which mm. i don't know how much lower but you hear okay so we just talked about alohi gilman all the great things they're saying about him then you have Mark Webb, you know, the training camp offseason darling. You know, they're saying really good things about him and he could push for a roster spot and he could do all these things. And then with JT Woods, the quote I have is from Brandon Staley, uh, we're going to find out a lot more about him when the pads come on. And it's just like, dude. <laughs> now, now he is yeah. the third safety right now for what it's worth. Like he is the third safety. But it's just kind of the way that everyone else gets the glowing something and then it's just i don't know how much further it could go i guess if if raheem lane outright replaced him as safety three or if mark webb did i guess but you know daniel popper is already talking about how mark webb who was on the practice squad last year who was a seventh round pick who was hurt could still push jt woods for a spot and that we could also consider raheem lane pushing him for the spot so you know, he JT Woods is still the safety three, so maybe his stock actually hasn't moved. But it's just, it's just the the vibe around the whole thing, right? I'm waiting for someone to go. JT Woods has been awesome. He's progressing yeah. mentally. He's showing me he can read this. Um, obviously he can't tackle right now because we're not tackling, but he's getting and flying to the football and rallying. You just don't hear any of that. I hear something about every other player, and you you'd think that you know a reporter would ask about JT Woods because you know he's a third rounder, so you want to know something about him, uh, or that the the you know, the staff would say, Hey, like, Hey, this guy, you know, a guy that we really loved that we drafted, let's, let's, you know, give him some love. You just don't hear anything about it. So 
I'm concerned, I guess, but then we all already were. Yeah, I think that's fair, but you know, I think at in if you want to paint it as a positive light, you're talking about like it's a stock hold. <laughs> Cause he's he's certainly not yeah. a stock up. Like I think his role is gonna be, you know, like they're gonna give him snaps more so than they did last year in training camp. But mm-hmm. um, you know, usually you hear about like you're talking about, like even some of these undrafted guys, we're hearing about them making positive plays or seeing them in the YouTube highlights. Like I forget who number 42 is, but he's flashed a couple of times in terms of uh-huh. some pass breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's, it's tough with JT Woods and Kapil pointing this out too. I think you could make the same kind of case for Isaiah Spiller. Um, you know, you read the article from Eric Smith uh, when he was interviewing Derek Foster. And when it, when he was asked about Joshua Kelly, it was like, we love Josh. You know, Josh is taking the next step. He's a great leader. He's improving every single year. Like he takes his body very seriously. And then it was like the same kind of tone with Isaac when asked about Isaiah Spiller. It was like, well, he's still growing. He's so young. Like he did say that Isaiah has definitely come in in better shape at this point. He's learning how to take care of himself. But it, it's not a lot of buzz right now about Isaiah Spiller, too. So again, running backs in particular, you got to be able to get into the pads. But it's it, it's difficult to really see where JT and Isaiah are at in terms of like making an impact on this roster because nobody's mm-hmm. really talking about them right now. Yeah, I would love to see one highlight of 22 breaking up something or being close or and I guess like if you're the deep safety like and they're throwing a lot of, you know, 10 yard stuff to the boundary, maybe you're not going to be involved with all that. You know, you're just holding the post and praying no one throws it that way. I, I don't think we've seen a ton of highlights in the post as is um but yeah we'll see spiller i think we've seen a couple of times just again we, we barely get to see anything just the highlights mm-hmm. but he'll be in the backfield with joshua kelly and they'll both like i think he ran like a swing and joshua kelly went somewhere like an angle or something like that so maybe there's some sort of plan there is it taiwan Ta- i think it's taiwan taiwan mullen thank you oh. brandon though uh i forget what's you know numbers and stuff like that it can be difficult for undrafted free agents but um okay so i think stock up for me i think stone smart is approaching that i don't want to say stock up stock up oh okay Uh, um we've seen him working with the first team offense a few times uh eric smith pointed out yesterday um he had a couple big plays donald parham as well having a couple Mm -hmm. big plays but um i think stone smart is like stock kind of up is probably how I would put it. Um, Cause I, I like, I don't want to say full stock up cause I don't think there's a real chance that he makes the team. Like mm-hmm. I think like he's going to have to really be impressive, but um, he's on the right track to, to having a good training camp. And I think that, you know, his skill set in terms of his athletic profile is very, very intriguing. Um, but I, I think the chances of him making the team, I still would say are pretty limited, but he's, he's impressed so far, apparently. Okay, I I completely missed that. I didn't realize there was any stone smart movement. So that's fantastic to hear because I think last OTAs he had like three touchdowns. Um, and yeah, he, and he was like hurt. he was the buzz. Yeah, he was the buzz. And then all of a sudden there's a picture of him in a a scooter or whatever it was, and he was hurt. But then yeah. snuck around. Um, you know, maybe we won't see that the fruits of this this year. But Everett's gone next year. They could theoretically cut Parham next year. McKitty is certainly not a receiving type right now, and they could move on from McKitty next year. So if Stone Smart, like maybe you don't see it this year, but if he can hang around, continue to make that impression as an undrafted free agent, hey, you know, you're talking about a guy who could be that tight end three, maybe even tight end two, depending on what they do with tight end one next year. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, do you have another stock up that you want to bring up? I, I will bring up Pokey Wilson because I think the chat will kill me if I don't. Um, I will say with Pokey Wilson, let's pump the brakes on who we think he is based on highlights. Let's understand who he is based on the film or the numbers. Pokey Wilson is very much so like a, a light Malcolm Floydish type mm-hmm. where vertical is great. Uh, I mean, like getting vertical, not the jump. And his ability to make ridiculous catches is fantastic. We just saw him do that, pluck it out of the air, turn his body. Wonderful. Look up the highlights, and you can if you want. He makes fantastic catches. We also have to understand, because like, I think people are really overhyping his physical attributes here. Uh, 169th in yards after the catch per reception last year out of like 190. His RAS is, let me find it, 
1.59. He runs a 4.640. And he's basically in the red of everything except broad jump. Now, again, there's a potential role for him because if you can make plays in the end zone, um, if you're someone who can be healthy and available and reliable, there's a spot for you at some point. Um, So I think stock up in terms of his performance so far. Um, And I don't want to say all this just to feel like I'm knocking the guy. I just want everyone to be realistic with who he is, which is a very solid vertical option. And I think he has more wiggle than his testing numbers suggest. But, you know, he's not going to be the next thing, I don't think, for the Chargers. He's not for some time. If he is, great. But, you know, I think his stock honestly does also stop. And we can talk about this, too, with, with Guyton not being on the field. Um, I think his stock stops at wide receiver seven unless somebody is hurt in front of him still, which is very possible. Yeah, I mean, he's taking advantage of his opportunities for sure because Palmer has missed time. Quentin Johnson has had some practices where he's not been out there. Mike Williams has had practices where he's not been out there. Um, You know, so Pokey Wilson deserves credit for taking advantage of his opportunities right now. And I think the thing that stood out most to me when I was watching him is, is definitely the ball skills, definitely the tracking ability. Um, athletic profile definitely leaves, leaves some things to be desired. But I think in terms of an undrafted free agent, like there's there's definitely some things to work with here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that him, Keelan Doss, and John Hightower are honestly all on pretty even ground where if Jalen Guyton is not healthy – then the three of them, I think, would have an equal chance of making the roster. Because I think you look at the three of them, they each bring a different skill set to the table. Keelan Doss is more of your kind of separator. Pokey Wilson, more of a jump ball guy. John Hightower is a vertical threat. So mm-hmm. if Jalen Guyton is not healthy, if they start him on the pup list, if they start him on IR, what would you say is more likely to happen? That they do keep one of those three or they just keep five, Darius Davis being the fifth? and hmm. use that roster spot somewhere else. I feel like they would keep the five, but I only say that because I think somewhere else they might want to use the roster spot to hold on to somebody who performs really well. Um, because we're looking at a studio like Bonnie, you're looking at Austin Johnson. Maybe they want to hold on to the drug Clark and they need to hold on to 70 tackles for a few days or a week or whatever. So yeah. I think that's probably more it. Um, I would say that maybe. Yeah, I one of them is going to have to like really, really be impressive. And we've seen some little moments from Keelan Doss throughout the spring, some little moments for John Hightower. Mm-hmm. Recently, it's been Pokey Wilson. I'm not putting a ton of stock in the highlight plays right now because they're mm-hmm. in shorts and like the guys in front of them have not been healthy and present. I think that is part of it. Uh-huh. But Pokey Wilson is intriguing to me. I, I definitely think that I understand why people like him, you know, his, his ball skills tracks, he's got good size. He's, he's definitely bigger than the other two. Um, but definitely, I think this is kind of a, 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 this could be a spring only thing. It just in terms of reps, because Josh Palmer has been out there. They're going to want to get him back up to speed. They're going to want to get Quentin Johnson, a bunch of reps still in training camp. Like, you know, you're going to go from catching passes from Justin Herbert all spring to (laughs) Easton stick and Max Duggan in the fall. Because yeah. the other guys need those reps with Herbert more so than getting Pokey Williams reps. So I think it's stock up, but I'm still like cautious of, of where the hype is at right now on Twitter. Yeah. And that's, we do it every year. You know, there's always somebody I, I <laughs> it's thought Jason Moore. It's uh, the guy the Davis, number 11. Ever seen. Uh, Jeremy yeah. Davis. Jeremy Davis. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, again, and there's roles for these, you know, bubble ish guys. Contribute on special teams, maybe run block really well, have some size. There's a kind of like a niche role for those players in the NFL, right? They're just kind of always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it comes to making the roster. Uh, I haven't seen highlights from Terrell Bynum, but as people point out in the chat, number 35 is always out there. Um, he yeah. just someone's breaking up a pass in front of him, <laughs> but I don't know <laughs> if that's a him thing. You can't tell, they're zoomed in like this, and all yeah. we see is, is the very end of it. but I suppose the, the rookie undrafted free agent from USC is doing something right to be out there, although there's not many options. Yeah, poor guys wearing number 35. The first time I saw that, I was like, is They actually got skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's fat, but like, you know, it's wide receiver body type versus. Gosh. <laughs> uh, I was definitely confused by that. But yeah, I mean, theoretically, he's in that same kind of vein too. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to see. But 
I want to see these guys get into pads. I want to see what it looks like when they're, you know, not catching passes from Justin Herbert and really have a, a real evaluation of what kind of, you know, level receiver are we getting, you know, because Jason Moore looked really good whenever he was catching passes from Herbert and Rivers too. But then, you know, there's just kind of a level to it, you know. Is that how long Jason Moore's been here since? Rivers? Yeah, dude, Jason Moore was on the Chargers for like <laughs> seven years, I swear. Good for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. He made a nice career for himself. Yeah. Um, definitely have to talk about this. Christian Hernandez pointed this out earlier. Um, there's been some positive talk about Kenneth Murray for sure. We are not the most, you know, optimistic podcast when it comes to Kenneth Murray and his future. Um, but you know, Derwin James talked about Kenneth Murray being much more confident, you know, him and Eric Hendricks are kind of attached to the hip. Do you think we have enough to say Kenneth Murray is stock up yet or where are you at right now with him? We do not. Okay. Occasionally with stocks, you can hear some news and the stock can go up. So sure. Relative to where his stock might've been potentially, it did get a bump up this past weekend, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm going to take that information and be like, yeah, stock up Kenneth Murray. Like it literally could be up because it was down, but I, I like that's a whole season worth of play for me before I even consider stock up or stock down, to be honest. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, where we're at in the spring, it's great to hear that he's taking some steps to to maybe progress sure. mentally, because mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing for me with Kenneth Murray is just like the instincts and like the mental processing are, are just the things that need to improve. Um, and if he's going to sit there and pick Eric Kendrick's brain the whole time, I think that that certainly could yeah. get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's also the Dayon Henley bit of this where Dayon Henley's been making a lot of plays himself too. So I think it's, it's positive news for sure, but I'm hesitant, hesitant to call this a true stock up right now. Yeah, I would agree. Sorry. My dog is just <laughs> being annoying. Um, yeah, gotta see it in pads. Uh, you know, gotta see it with a defensive lineman playing. But, you know, like Richard said in the chat, I will not rule anything out after Trey Pipkins, who was not a good tackle, and then he was a good tackle. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, I don't know how much, tra- like, I'm sure Tranquil, Kaiser White was, no, Thomas Davis wasn't on the team in 2020. You know, but I'm sure all these guys have helped him along the way. But it is very different with Eric Kendricks, who has literally been a starter and the top of the league kind of guy for several years is mm-hmm. consistently healthy, very reliable. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Kendricks is his Duke Manyweather. Um, they did get a new linebackers coach, so maybe they unlock something there too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just got to see it. There are moments, and listen, there are moments last year where I was like, heck yeah, that was great. You know, against I think the Colts is what it was. And I was like, yeah. You know what, guys? The stock is finally up on Kenneth Murray, and then Baker Mayfield juked him out, and I was like, "God damn it!" Like <laughs> I gotta, everything I just said, I gotta get rid of, <laughs> burn it, burn my tweets. Um, so hopefully, I, I hope I hope nothing but the best. I, like really, I hope everything that we're hearing is true. I just gotta see it. Yeah, the, it's never been a question of you know talent level or physical ability um it's just a matter of him being able to put it all together once and maybe this is that year um you know but maybe it's not also so um i think with the linebacker room i think we'll see him and Deion henley at some point have have a pretty rotation but um mm-hmm. you know he certainly could be this year's trade pickings it's it's definitely possible why not um a couple of people also mentioned in the chat the kicker battle are either of them stock up or stock down for you at this point? Um, I think Daniel Popper pointed out that Hopkins is like 15 for 16 in the spring and uh, Cameron Dicker is 10 for 11. Mm. Um, there was a day when Dicker missed practice, but um, either of those two stock up or stock down for you yet? No, not really. I, I'm still kind of on this train that Hopkins ends up taking it because they know more about him, but then the money thing. So we'll see. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair. I think we uh, we got to see how they handle the preseason and things like that. If a team loses a kicker, you know, for injury early on in training camp, I think there's a chance they just trade one of those guys. But I think this is going to go down to the wire. Yeah. 
Okay, nope, nope, not that one. Um, do you think they would actually bring back Kenneth Murray if he had a great year? <laughs> they have <laughs> no money right now. <laughs> um, it's going to be really difficult because, like, if you look at their next year's free agents, mm-hmm. like you're talking about Austin Johnson, you're talking about Michael Davis, you're talking about Kenneth Murray, you're talking about um, a bunch of these other guys who I think are definitely more valuable to them. And they just drafted Deion Henley. Like Kenneth Murray would have to be like solve all the issues and like be a consistent presence throughout the whole season for me to have that kind of conversation. I think it's it's just much more likely that he is not on the team next year, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Or he plays well, Eric Hendricks is Kendrick's not very good, and they cut him and then bring back Kenneth Murray. Like that's that's at least some kind of possibility. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and there's the draft bias too. But I mean, Tom Telesco is going to want to prove that he was right, but he That's... also cut Jerry Tillery in the middle of the season last year. Although Tillery kind of brought that on himself. 100%. 100%. Like off the field. It seems, not that I was there, but. Yeah. I agree with this comment. Honestly, think Gilman is the most likely to resign on the 2020 class outside of Herbert. Obviously, I agree. I think <laughs> I think Alohi is is more likely back than Kenneth Murray. I oh gosh, if that I mean if that happens, and I hope it does, I'm just not evaluating players anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler, too. I didn't even... He's a free agent. Like, it's just... They're going to have a tiny, tiny budget. So, they're going to have to prioritize the premium positions. Like, if you're going to say to me, hey, like, Kenneth Murray plays awesome. Austin Eckler has another great year. Michael Davis is a borderline Pro Bowl player at corner. Who's the most likely to be back? It would be Michael Davis because he's the premium position player. For, what, $15 a year? I mean, it'd be worth it. Like, if, I he, would, if he's a if he's a borderline Pro Bowl yeah. corner, you have to bring him back. You <laughs> cannot move on from Michael Davis if, yeah. if he's a Pro Bowl corner. Yeah, and then you, I guess you can't trade Desante, but he's just sitting there. Yeah, we'll see what John Taylor does. So I, I think Brandon Staley did talk about this on the Rich Eisen show too. Um, he was asked about you know building a team around an expensive quarterback. And he pointed out that the premium positions are the most important thing. Like as long as you have the kind of a pipeline of premium positions, you should be okay. Like they're, they're going to cut corners at linebacker and running back. Like they're not going to mm-hmm. cut corners at corner receiver edge, stuff like that going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah. I, I just would have given David the extension already, you know, like I actually, I'm surprised that didn't happen. I'm surprised. Happen. I'm surprised there's been like no talk of that at all. Like, I'm not surprised that it's not gotten done, but like nobody's asked about it. Michael Davis hasn't made any comments about it. Like nothing. Like there's no Michael Davis extension talks, which I think is a bit strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, Tyler, any other stock up or stock down before we head out? Uh, briefly down would be Otito by way of him not playing as is because he's hurt, which is fine. But then they drafted Scott Matlock, different position, but they still drafted him. And then they signed Nick Williams. And they also have Gerard Clark, who they might love. So, like, there are three-ish guys who could jump in front of Otito, especially if he's hurt. So, again, I'm not thinking that they cut him, but you're going to run out of space at some point. And it's kind of stocked down so far especially if he doesn't get back out there. If everyone starts recovering from their injuries and he just literally cannot get back out there, it's stocked down. And it's not a position where, oh, we'll just you know hold on to you for years and years and years and hope it works out. Like They could move on next year. It sucks, but... Yeah, I think they definitely can afford to be patient with him, you know, and it, he's much further behind J.C. Jackson in his recovery from what we've seen or not heard. Um so they can be patient with him. You know, they, they have good depth at that position. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Austin Johnson and his recovery, but I, I, I don't think they need to push 
I don't think they need to push Otito's recovery at all. I think they can be patient, let things kind of work itself out. If he comes back near the end of training camp and he is healthy, then then we'll see what happens. So, were you looking at the Bosa thing? No, no. Why does something happen with Bosa? What just happened? Somebody in the comments said that Bosa is hurt again, which is not true at all. God, I hope not. Uh, no. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So um, that's going to do it for us tonight. A uh, bit of a weird schedule coming up. Tyler and I are both going to be out of town uh, in the next couple of weeks. So we are going to be uh, business as usual for the Chargers feed on Tuesday. Um, we are not going to be recording this Saturday. And we're not going to be recording next Saturday either. So next week will be business as usual on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and then the week after that will be Tuesday and Thursday as well. So no Saturday episode this week, no Saturday episode next week. So just so you guys are aware. Cool. I'll save $10 on Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of you guys can save your Starbucks money for the Saturdays over the next couple of weeks. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited, man. I, I am really hopeful that the official schedule for chargers training come training camp comes out soon. Uh, I've seen some teams start to release them. So hopefully we can, uh, get an official schedule in the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously the last Saturday of July, they're going to probably do their usual back together Saturday that they do, but I really want to go see the scrim, uh, the team scrimmage this year. I would like to see the joint practices this year. So hoping to get uh, an official time on on those sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I can't wait for my first teaching paycheck to clear so I can have $4 to spend at training camp and just buy up some <laughs> stuff. It's going to be awesome. I hope they have like, like what are they called? mystery bags or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. I would imagine they still do that again because those, those have been such a hit. But I don't know if they have more stuff. I don't know. Maybe they do. Just all the Jason Moore jerseys, just like <laughs> you have to collect like the seven year collection of Jason Moore Jr. jerseys. <laughs> and I got really lucky. I got the Mike Williams jersey, uh, practice jersey in my mystery bag. Uh, and then uh, Karen, shout out to Karen. Uh, she got mm. it signed by Mike Williams at training camp. So um, I got really lucky with that. Yeah. Well, good for you. I got a jersey that was too small for me. What are the odds of that? Did you get like one of the kickers or something? <laughs> no, it was one of the uh, Jones, not the Jacoby Jones, JJ Jones. Oh, or JJ Jones. Oh, yeah, gosh. And he's like five, seven bucks, 65. And I'm just like, how did I get an NFL jersey that was too small for me? Of all of them, like, I'm not a big person. And the one jersey I got it didn't even fit. Like, it's just like a crop top, like a little Z crop top. Yeah. Um, no, the, the practice jerseys are all smaller. And so, like, um, mm -hmm. when I got it, my mother-in-law was like, oh, you should put it on. I'm like, no, no, no. They practiced in these. I'm not putting this on. <laughs> um, but all of the game jerseys, too, like, they're like they're skin tight because the players, you know, they got to be snug on the pads and everything like that, too. Right. Yeah. Maybe I'll get, I don't know, get Fajokos or something. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us today, guys. We'll see you on Tuesday on the Chargers feed. Um, we're going to have a special guest joining us, breaking down the Kellen Moore offense from an X's and O's standpoint. Really excited about this one. Tyler has put it together, so um, super excited to uh, work with that guest on Monday, and then you guys will see it on Tuesday. It's going to be a fun one. Yes, that'll be exciting. I can't wait for someone to like. I love when people that are experts in something can jump on and explain something to me because I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like, you know, there's a lot of these guys. I mean, Brett Coleman is a great resource on on Twitter and everything like that, too. So mm -hmm. uh, hoping that this is a similar kind of uh, experience for us. So, um, all right, that's going to do it. We'll uh, talk to you guys then. As always, bolt up. Have a good night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.